What is going on, people? It is Ed. I don't know why I've told you my name. I never do that, do I? I never tell you who it is. If you're new here, my name is Ed. And uh, it's nice to have you listening to me. Anyway, this episode, I'm with Louis Blackmore. He's a very old friend of mine, very dear friend. He's not an old friend. He's just a friend. He's not an old person. But yes, I've been friends with him for a very long time. I've seen how reading has changed his life. And that is why I wanted to get him on here to have a chat with you guys. He's an experienced coach, online coach. He's just doing his life um, coaching certifications as well, which is lovely to hear. And that's probably spurring him on to read all these books that he's reading at the moment. So I got him on just to chat about his top five books. It's a really good conversation because I've read some of them myself. In fact, all of them myself, um, which is probably why we're friends. Um, but yeah, it was a great conversation. I'm looking forward to you guys listening to it. So strap yourself in. We're going to start recording in three. It says recording already. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Senor Louis Blackmore, Hello. welcome to A Need to Read. It's my pleasure to have you on here. How are you doing? <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, mate. Good, good. Today, I've already asked you uh, to pick out your favorite books. But before we do that, you haven't always been a reader. And you're quite like me, we've got into this, not late in life, at the right time. Yeah. What was it that first got you to pick up a book mm-hmm. and so, get your head in it? Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. If you, uh, someone put a book in front of me at like 18, I told them to piss off. About, <laughs> literally, like 100%. really naively pure ignorance just would laugh i laugh at people that would read and i had people in my life that would were readers and i was just mm. the person who would just like laugh pretty much really bad with me on reflection yeah. it's it's represented pretty badly in films and stuff though isn't it because like you see people walking down the corridors and they've got like a book in their hands and then you get the typical jock that's like hey get that out your hand they slap it out their hands yeah and it's like that cool whole, man yeah like the whole power thing is from people who don't which is just insane so most definitely a product of that but for me what began to happen sort of early 20s i then i actually went traveling peace up brother i think that's a big part of life it's cliche af but it actually is and uh i just committed i committed to a book because i felt like living up to the stereotype it was actually something i should do (laughs) to be fair We all so do anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was thinking I've got some time. So here we go. Nice. And uh, so I, I picked up The Chimp Paradox, which again, which was a book that was recommended to me when I was playing sport. And um, I was just like, nah, I'm all right. So that was sort of stuck with me as, oh, okay, I've got some time now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this book a go and uh, see what he was talking about. Yeah. And uh, as soon as I started getting into it, I was like, okay, I can see why this has been recommended to me as a, as a late teenager because yeah. it starts to tap in obviously to the two parts of your brain, the limbic system and prefrontal cortex. So your, your feeling brain and your, and your thinking brain yeah. and how I was basically just living my life based on short-term feeling without even knowing it in my decisions, but just being really driven selfishly towards that. Yeah. And then your chimp I, brain taking over. It just, yeah. So that's where the chimp comes from. So the chimp represents the feeling brain, which essentially has the most control, but you don't know it yeah and i was like so as i got i was like ah oh, should have read this <laughs> makes more sense yeah. to me with the decisions i've made i love that i love reading a book and just thinking oh, i wish i read this years ago but i also feel like when these books come into your life it's kind of like they're coming at the right time and especially like with the chimp paradox that's quite a good one for sportsmen as well but just to, to touch on this um a lot of you won't know louis louis is a high level athlete and has been for a very very long time I've always considered Louis one of the best people, like, it, it, most in shape person I've, I've known. And this has been since we were probably about 16. And he always looks the same size to me because I've always seen him as just like, this, he's just in mad shape. He's, he's incredible physique. And, and I'm sorry to blow smoke up your ass here, Louis. But um, you look at transformation photos from when you're like, 16 to 26 i'm like oh he has actually got so much bigger <laughs> and he's like all this training because you've non-stop trained you don't stop you're one mm. of the most motivated people that i know there's mm. not there's not Thank a day you. where you're like oh i'm not gonna 
I'm not going to bother today. And even if you have those days, it just seems like you just, you just push through it and you just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And just touched on training. That was, yeah. So for me, that's one of my big reasons why I become a coach off the back of it is because mm. I genuinely believe in the power of your mental health follows with your physical health and yeah. relative to what a physical challenge looks like to someone. So from working in the gym environment, you know, that could be someone walking 400 meters on an incline for the first time and that feeling that they get from it. And so mine just translates from, from doing it for a bit longer. My goals have just gradually increased over time. So that's that's a massive reason as to why with with fitness. Yeah. But so with the, so with the chimp paradox goes hand in hand with understanding myself and why maybe I make the decisions I make based on what feels good in the real short term. Yeah. Which then allowed me to start to understand as to why maybe clients were doing that and not following plans or not doing X, Y, Z. So yeah. that was a big one for me with that too. Yeah, nice. Would you say some of the stuff that you've read, because it's always interesting speaking to people that have been like at peak sort of level athletes and just um, to let everyone know as well, Louis did used to play football at a pretty high level as well. Um, it's got Look. a Welsh, it's got a cap for Wales. I don't know why you're not wearing it, but uh, I, I promised, yeah. <laughs> you should don't put it on <laughs> um do you Mom. find that a lot of uh a lot of what you've um sort of read has almost reinforced what as like a young athlete they sort of instill in you mate 100 percent. so the chimp paradox is obviously feeling brain versus thinking brain right so when we'd be doing like grueling fitness tests and things like that and every part of you is telling you to quit you're mm. then literally consciously telling yourself piss off I'm, i need to i need to beat the guy in front of me so yeah, if i yeah. if i learned the chimp paradox sooner i'd understand what is actually going on in my head so it, it yeah. was all in me to never when it comes to quitting and things like that it was like that's this part of my voice which i don't agree with yeah and that could have actually me. helped me out more in life because my things were so physical with the gym and things and training mm. i didn't actually realize that the same lessons is based on all the other shit that you do in your life is the yeah. same principle. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, hundred percent agree with the coaching that puts in place. They are installing those lessons into you without, yeah. without you knowing. I'm quite grateful for it in some sense. Mm. Uh, but then the other sense is there's always, there's always pros and cons to any sort of yeah. way you're brought up, isn't it? Well, you can, you can take a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. And I'm sure they wouldn't have bothered to try and make you guys read the books because like you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have, accepted yeah. it you'd have been training all day and you would just want to chill with your mates play fifa whatever it is like that um interesting thing about the chimp paradox going back to that for me it's understanding like how things become automatic as well and like you've got obviously you've got your human and one thing i love about the audiobook just on a side note is uh professor steve peters when he says human he says human Every time. Like, oh, you got a human and your monkey brain and he's got like a nice little check so, for reading it though because you kind of yeah. Go, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's like a meditation bell just brings you back in um but it's also like the computer so obviously when you're repeating stuff when your monkey takes over so much it almost moves over to your automatic system that's like that's how i'm going to respond next time and it's knowing that you can actually train yourself to have new systems in your computer brain as it were which is obviously the automatic processes because we want to consume things which takes as little as effort as possible otherwise we'd be knackered Mm. think so this is like a real cool example when lockdown begun everyone was like we're three weeks in and bojo's put another three weeks on it it feels like forever mate oh Mm. shit 14 weeks later everyone's saying how it's flown by yeah and so what's happened is we've had a shock to the system where the human brain's having to think of every single thing we do because we're no longer in that automatic state of going to work every day. But what's happened over the sort of three, four week period mm. is we've started to put a system in place where the chimp brain can now do it. The computer can do its thing automatically and we're not even thinking about it. So now everything's going a lot quicker and everyone's yeah. like, oh, this is flying on by. It's because without you knowing it, you're waking up at, you're, you're waking up at the same time. You're doing the same thing each morning. You're doing something else. And pretty much everything now is just at that place of it. But to begin with, you're having to think of every single action yeah. that you put in place. Oh, mate, that's actually really interesting. Would you say then, this is just a question, not even on the book, if um, if you do something varied every day, your life's longer? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it goes longer. Yeah, because yeah. It's, it's not a process of like, I'm doing the same thing. Oh, three years have gone by like that. It's keep it varied and, and your life almost seems like you're getting... 
Yeah, because a little bit more time. Time, yeah. Perception of time is different, isn't it? If if I sat in a room, they did a they did a test where they sat a hundred people in a room for seven minutes in the dark, and when they come out, some one person thought it was an hour, the next person thought it was like thirty seconds, and it was so completely varied. Wow. So time is based on perception and what systems you put in place will essentially speed up time. So yeah, people can live their life faster than, than others. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I always say that time's a social construct anyway, so we don't need to adhere to it. Yeah, <laughs> even though I'm always on time, no matter what it's for, even if I think I'm going to be late, that just means I'm going to be five minutes early. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. You did that today to be fair. So yeah. you're, you're early. <laughs> but just, no, I just can't help it. <laughs> time, yeah. In terms of that, though, that's more of, um, your character and personality is to stick to stick to the construct, but not necessarily believe in it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Lou, so we're talking chimp paradox. Are you going to, is that your number one book that you would recommend for people in terms of like getting to know yourself and, and, and understanding your brain? Yeah. Cause I, th- I think it's, it's not too intense in the way that he's broken down a really complex topic, you know, frontal lobe mm-hmm. cortexes and whatnot. And he yeah. made it so simple to, to really open up a gateway um, into just being more aware of what you, you're thinking and breaking it down into why you are. And then he talks about quite a lot, how to have conversation with people and understand that there's four types of convo. I might be in my human state, you might be in your chimp state or the other yeah. way around. Mm. We might both be in our human state, but we might both be in our chimp state. And if that's going down, that's a shit convo to have. Yeah, it's not so good. It, it gives you tools to actually be able to speak to people as well as understand yourself. Yeah. So for me, that's definitely the first one I'd recommend. Yeah, perfect. Now I know the books that you're going to talk about, and I I want to talk about um, Grant Cardone's 10x rule. Yeah, and I, and I, I want you just to explain that to everyone um, because Grant Cardone is a he's an interesting <laughs> character, isn't he? And this he book, I always if I recommend it to people. I'm like, right, just be prepared to want to get shit done. Like, yeah. you're going to want to work. So, yeah. Grant Cardone, 10X, what does it mean to you, Louis? So, it was one, again, it was one of those books where the mindset I've sort of transferred from sport into career and business. I've sort of always yeah. felt like I'm just, I'm in that lane. I'm just plugging away at doing the things that I love um, and just really trying to, ingrained sort of the attitude I had towards sport into business. Yeah. And so got recommended the old, old granty boy and, uh, started listening to it. And it, the way he talks to you, if you're not someone who's in a place of ready to take criticism, you're going to feel personally attacked a lot of the time. Yeah. It's a really strange book. Cause you think it's like, what's he talking about here? I'm not someone who procrastinates and he's yeah. there literally it's, it's such a, and I like that he reads it because, that's what I love about audibles in general. On a side note is I feel like I'm going into a conversation with Grant yeah. as opposed to reading the book. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, I need a bit of a kick up the ass. Oh, I'll go speak to Grant today and pop him on my pop him in. Yeah. Nice. Sort of thing. That's how I sort of get, see books as conversations. Yeah. And, um, so he, it's just essentially just about like the 10 X rule itself is set a goal and then times it by 10. Yeah. And, uh, he goes on to justify as to why that should happen because if you're not setting goals big enough, You'll never have the fear and excitement to go chase them if you set something quite mediocre. And I think in that sense, he's, he doesn't really say it, but he's talking about how in your, in your circle, in your world, your goals will only be reflected on the people around you, which might not be that big based on mm. your parents, your grandparents, what's going on, which, is, which isn't a bad <clears throat> thing. But yeah. he's going on to say of his own journey, how you know, he set his goals up here. And obviously he has a addictive personality tendencies. Yes. But the, the downside I found to reading those books is that he's, he's never happy. He's never actually yeah, happy. It's always so trying to push, push to the next level, push, which is great. Um, but what's, what's life about? And that for me, yeah, what's, going, he, what's he going to do if he dies tomorrow? All, yeah, all yeah. that money. If he just gets some random cancer, that's not going to save him, is it? Exactly. And that, and that I, was what I started to I have think a love hate. A Sorry. Yeah, I I have a love hate relationship with those kind of books because I'm like mm-hmm. I love I love how it gives me that real like kick up the ass like you said, but I'm also like bro, you're so not happy. I'm like, when was the last time you went like, yeah, just and chilled with your mates and or just chilled on family. your own and Doesn't sat and did family. nothing? Do you not? He's a Scientologist, though, isn't he? Yeah, he just yeah. So in terms though. of it, it's really good if you're <laughs> someone who's 
Yeah, it sounds like a shit book now. It's not. If no, no, no. Someone... It's a very good book. Yeah, just to, just to say, <laughs> he's just a bit of a weirdo. On this note, so I'm going to butt in here, and I'm very sorry, Luke. My podcast, though. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a video of Grant Cardone, and if anyone wants to um, be put off of Grant Cardone and watch this video, and it's type into YouTube. It's called a drive-by salesman, and they say uh, he stood there and he's like, "Are you a drive-by salesman? Do you see the house and you just drive by?" And this is about a minute of him talking about being a door-to-door salesman and wanting to go home and driving past all those houses on the way home and not working hard enough to go and knock on all those doors. So like the concept's really, really good, but this is yeah. filmed like early 2000 and it is pure cheese. Him trying it's to hilarious. He's got like a silky green shirt on yeah. and he's just got that like real cheesy, like American way of doing it. Shout yeah. out to the Americans listening. But um, yeah, it's, it's so funny, but sorry. Back to your point. (laughs) Going going into the book, if you're someone who wants to develop your career or you've got your, if you've got your own business, like you need to read it. You need to either read or listen to it because it's going to teach you the ways of an entrepreneur, which can be lonely, but in terms of building the, building the business and the attitude and lessons that you learn from it, I'd recommend it for someone who's yeah business or career led and wanted to climb the ladder. Um, Mm. If you're someone who is not, then it probably is not for you, I would say. No, correct. You've got another book on your list. So it's quite a contrast to that. We go with two, I think. I have. I'm yeah. going to give you the option. I'll go. I'll go with happy first because in chronological nice. order of yeah. which I read them. So I read. I read the chimp first. Got back. Was like, oh wow. There's a lot I didn't know because mm. you don't know what you don't know. When you Very think true. about that, you're like. There's a lot more I'm aware of what I don't know now, and I need to I need to figure this out because I was stepping into sort of self-employed life at this point, and the bubble of the football world had collapsed, and I was like, okay, I need to figure some stuff out. So at this point, this was probably about two and a half years ago. So I picked up Chimp Paradox, and then I didn't really pick up a book from them, but I started getting into more like impact theory content and stuff like that in between sort of that, that those years. And then sort of the last two and a half years now, I'd say I've just been a maniac with reading sort of thing. So it's a good kind of maniac to be really. There's worse in there. (laughs) So I I picked up happy and uh, I picked it up because I wasn't very happy. And, uh, and I was looking at good to be able to admit that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I'm so open with all that, as you know, mate. Yeah. um, I was in a real bad spot. Like all of us have been at some point Mm -hmm. and, um, I literally searched like books about happiness and happy was there. And I figured that'll, that'll probably help. It's a good place um, to start, isn't it? Yeah. So it's by, <laughs> it's by Darren Brown, which I like him personally. Anyway, I've seen some of his stuff where he shows us how much of a genius he is behind all the magic and stuff. Yeah. And if you can appreciate the stuff that he actually does with his like psychology based stuff, you can sort of forget he, he knows a human being very well. He's intelligent, um, isn't he? He is intelligent, mate. And he's an artist. Mm. Thinking what? So pick up his book, and I've sort of at this point the secret was knocking about. It was, yeah. That's when the secret went big on the scene. Um, and from like my sporting days, I always thought the secret was a bit of tosh. I was like, now nah, you can't imagine stuff. You got to go get after it. So I, it was a book I didn't really go for, but I'd yeah. read the, I had like watched the um, the episodes on it and stuff like that. So the first sort of chapter on happy. That's quite controversial because I know for a lot of people that book helped them out, which is sweet. Yeah. But he's just terrorizing the secret. And I was like, I loved it. I was like, oh, my guy, here we go. I'm straight in on this. Whereas for like clients, when I recommend happy and they've read the secret, they're like, oh, they feel personally attacked. And that's the bad thing about a book because you can get yeah. emotional about it. Yeah. And um, I said, no, just stick it out, stick it out. Even if you like the secret, it's got nothing to do with it after the first bit. I think he was just venting about the world yeah. for a minute. Oh, definitely and then he gets a bit he gets a bit complex and then if you stick it out because again like i'm not an academic at all so like if i could stick out this book i promise you anyone can stick this book out i think i think you're being not too kind for yourself there friend because what is your nickname correct but what is your nickname it is called doc or doc and doc is short for doctor because he just knows stuff <laughs> may do but in terms of in terms of actually reading and writing stuff yeah yeah, yeah that's all right reading and writing's overrated apart from readings obviously not overrated 
Damn, right. I'm not going to edit that out, guys, but I regret saying it. <laughs> it's that we're unfiltered. Yeah. Right? Unfiltered. Like, <laughs> so going, in, going into Happy, anyway, he, he, he really like, introduced me and showed me what philosophy was. Mm. I'd never heard of it before this point. I'm like, but you're telling me there's people who actually study how to be happy? I was like, whoa, this is fucking, this is mind blowing. Yeah. I've heard of the word philosophy, but I actually never knew what it was. Yeah, and then, the same. And his reference into how many philosophers at the back is just insane. So it started to actually introduce me into what does a happy life look like? Actually, what is it all about? And uh, the examples that he uses and the stories that you tell yourself, he starts to go into. So he talks a lot about identity and with yourself um, alongside actually quoting philosophers and what their ethos is and what they believe happiness yeah. is um and i think that's where like stoic got a massive shout out in during all yeah. that book but the biggest thing for me was also like he talks about everyone has a story that they constantly tell themselves about their identity and for yeah. the most part it's in fear and anxiety so really it's usually a negative one and uh so when i was in a when i was pretty sad i'd be telling myself like go to uh, go to the psychologist which obviously we we could touch on later anyway yeah i'm like, i'm depressed and when i started reading this book i was like if i keep telling myself i am then i always am gonna be i think therefore i am Ex- yeah exactly that so he started t- i was like oh shit actually the things that i'm telling myself is really important and i shouldn't be putting mm. a label on something and despite being in my in a, in a place where i'm i can't feel a certain way right now I need to tell a new story to mm. put the steps forward of it. So it helped me out massively with that. It's an app, it's a yeah. big old book to read. Yeah, and it's a, pretty thick, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot more to it. And he was saying how if someone always succumbs to pain and boredom, they're always relying on external factors to be happy. Whereas when you begin to internalize with the story you tell yourself or meditation or spiritual practices or whatever it may be, or just simply yeah. a way of living, you won't really ever feel pain and boredom. But if you're constantly relying on uh, materialistic purchasing something or you're relying on that night out on a Friday, so external things, or you're yeah. relying on that person to text you back, yeah. he's like, you're always going to be playing a game of tennis of getting that bit of happiness. But then when, when it goes, you're going to be left with pain and boredom. Perfect. That's a sound bite right there. <laughs> we like that one. You love um, when, when you get a sound bite, you're just like, I'm yes, I've got, one. Yes. I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> now you can go home um, now. <laughs> yeah see you later Lou nice to see you um so we're, we're talking about happy and that sound mate what you've just said is just wiped my brain from what I was going to say um right firstly it's a thick book if you don't like reading your books you like audible Darren Brown's got a lovely voice yes it's so nice and I love the subtitle like you were just saying there to summarize it it's like why more or less of everything is absolutely fine yeah and what I like about books like that is what he's done is he's read all the classic texts and he's got his got, got through them and he's just interpreted them for people. And that's, that's the kind of book that people like, like Ryan Holiday, stuff like that. You, they've read the ancient texts that have come from like these Grecian philosophers, like Stoic philosophers, and they've just interpreted it and put it into modern day sort of context and picked out people that sort of live along that way. So I've, I've got some of those like books now I've got like letters from a Stoic Seneca. I've got meditations, Marcus Aurelius, um, Frederick Nietzsche, um, something about good and evil. I actually picked up that earlier and it's, it's sort of like three or four paragraphs per section. And mate, it's just knowledge bombs. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine and, being those people, mate. It's mad, isn't it? Mate, it's crazy. It's there's, crazy. There's a, there's a few other philosophies that talk about, like they go like down pessimism and stuff like that. And there's things mm. I am going to read just to try and gauge more perspective because I think the self-help mm. scene is getting very stoic heavy, which is all right. Yeah. But there's many more thinkers out there, sort of thing. Yeah. Taoism, um, like yeah, the Tao exactly. of Pooh. We love that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. If if you're listening to this, go back to episode 19. Listen to the Tao of Pooh if you want an introduction to that philosophy. I was going to talk about earlier. My thought has come back to me whilst I wasn't trying to reach for it, which of course that's always how it happens. Um, the stories. So when I went to therapy, my story that I'd been telling myself, or when I went to therapy the first time, back in it now, everyone. So just for full disclosure, you know, you want to get to know me. Here, here I am. Here he is. Um, my my story that I told myself was that I was lost in the world and that I didn't have a direction. 
And after, after time, then I recognized that was a story. I had a notification come through to my phone three times a day. And I'm like, right, lost in the world. Have I been telling myself that story? Oh, no. Cool. You've had a good morning. Have I had a good afternoon? Oh, actually, I did tell myself that story earlier, but you recognize it. And you yeah. build up the habit of recognizing when you're telling yourself that story. And slowly, over time, your notifications will become less frequent because you'll be able to realize that you're not thinking about it four or five times a day. Mm-hmm. I now get that notification on Fridays, I think it is, at 12 o'clock. And I'm like, oh, lost in the world. Oh, I remember that guy. Like it's, it's, it's a completely different person to who I am now and, and the story in which I told myself. Yep. So I think if anyone is telling themselves a certain story, label it and name it mm-hmm. and remind yourself of it just so you can, you can slowly get out of the habit of, of telling yourself that story. Yeah. The book called inner size, if anyone fancies that it mm. talks all about that notion there. So it's okay to have automatic negative thoughts, which is what he refers to in the book. Yep. And exactly what you said, the key is to under, to label the thought so it becomes an object. If you have an object, you can observe it and then you can challenge it. So you can, like you said, you can just be aware of it or you can actually say, okay, so why has that popped into my head? Okay, because it's now, it's a habit. It keeps, it keeps flying in. I can't stop it. But then the next thing to do is actually break, the ha- break that thought or habit down. So yeah. in a sense of, am I lost in the world? No, because I am. I've done this today. I'm doing this tomorrow. I'm doing this towards my goals. Yeah. And then over time you change it to what is called an automatic positive thought, which what I've found is not, not many actually have automatic positive thoughts because they haven't consciously no. told themselves positive things for a, for a long enough time. Yeah. Um, and so that was for me, like it was always going like, to, I would always consciously tell myself when I'm driving, like literally when I'm driving to work, when I was at, in my like worse spot, Tony Robbins mm. is quite a good one for this. He, he encourages you to shout like success and shout power yeah. words. So I'd be driving 5.30 on the way to the gym, shouting all positive phrases to literally sort of rewrite what I've been telling myself. So it'd be things like, I am successful. I am worthy. I am powerful. I am happy. And you, it, yeah. to the, when you listen to it, you're like, God, he sounds mad. But what we often do is we do negative ones without saying them out loud anyway. So yeah. like when the you're, mad man? The one that's nice to himself on the one that's, a dickhead to themselves like exactly exactly so then over time you'll actually go oh i'm actually telling myself i'm good or worthy i i, I am successful and it, it, it can change it it can change it 100 percent. and um as darren brown says the worst thing you can do about a story is believe it so yeah just nice. because you have the thought you don't have to believe it you just observe it yeah definitely definitely observe it and just watch it be curious with it that's that's what they all say in sort of mindfulness yep. so that's good so happy that's that's also one of my favorite books as well so whacking yep. that there um your other two books cool. i i the power of now is mm-hmm. one that you've um you've done now i've just i've discussed that quite heavily in in previous episodes so i want to just skim skim we were going to skim on this one just skim um what have you what have you taken from the power of now because everyone has different eyes see different things correct that was a bit of street art that like i saw when i was in bali and i was like oh, i love that so that's i took great. a picture of that and that was great that, and that's been um great. yeah <laughs> so what did your eyes see so off the back of 10x rule i always mm-hmm. like to be as contrast in what i read as possible so mm. nothing opposite to entrepreneurial mindset than to deep spiritual one yeah so power of now for me was i i I do get to almost a trippy state where i concentrate so much on the present that actually nothing matters either way so i have to sort of check myself on that because if you strip yourself right back to the present to the present there's nothing i was like oh i've got to be careful here because this could be this could be going down somewhere else (laughs) it can it can almost make you somewhat pessimistic yes not not pessimistic um but defeatist yeah, I wish um, I had more words to explain that feeling. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. We're on the right path. So <laughs> uh, the, it was essentially talking about how when there's, if you're constantly solely focusing on either what's happened or what's going to happen, you're missing out on what's going on in the now with right now. So yeah, that for me was a big one because I na- I'm a natural thinker of looking back. I know I am. I have a tendency to compare to what was or what could have been. Yeah. Um, so it's really helped me of going, well, actually all matters right now is I'm having a chat with Ed. There's no point me 
thinking about that sort of thing. Yeah. But I think for the most part with sort of clients who, with clients that I work with, they are very much worked up on thinking about what is going to happen slash what isn't even going to happen, but what might happen. Yeah. So the lessons from that is like, if I'm about to go and have my session in the gym and I say on my lunch break from work, really yeah. simply, what is the point of worrying about what I'm about to go do for work during my session? Yeah. I just need to concentrate on my session. And I think that is sort of my sentence for life, but in a real simpler way for people to understand, like what's the point and under- yeah. what's the point of overthinking something which you're going to either have to do or what might not happen, which is even worse. Yeah. When actually all that matters now is that you're sat around dinner table with your family or something like that. Yeah. When you've imagined stuff in the past, when you've, when you've fast forwarded your life and you're, you're thinking about things or you think about what someone thinks about the past, how many times have you ever been right? It's not many, is it? No, man. That's, um, Bad, isn't it? that's one thing that someone said to me once. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually never right. And not in a negative way. It's actually quite positive. I'm never right. Cause your mind can do some crazy things and you think about the weirdest scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you catch yourself, you're like, whoa, you crazy, bruh. But um, what's going on here? It's not right. Yeah. That's the thing. Our, our mind works out of fear to, to protect ourselves. So quite often mm. we'll over-exaggerate what could happen in the, in the future to prevent us from moving. That's just like fight or flight, isn't it? That's just real yeah. basic. Like going back to how we used to operate is so nowadays with the distractions and constructs that we have in place, our, our fear system is going to overthink things which are almost or most definitely irrational yeah just to try and make you not change and make and then you can sort of relate that to chimp paradox your brain wants to work on the computer because it takes less effort yeah. so if it can scare the shit out of you to not have to make a conscious decision to expend energy it's going to keep you in the computer brain so usually you're going to think of something so ridiculous to make that change or take that step forward or go to the gym for the first time because your your monkey brain just wants to chill out and sit on the sofa and do the easy part it doesn't it thinks you're going to die by doing the change it can make you feel less for me where the where anxiety feels so strong is because it's so ingrained in us over hundreds of thousands of years yeah, definitely. We haven't quite caught up with the world just yet. And I, 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 we probably never will. The world will probably burn before we do. But, yep. you know, we can still try and be positive about things, but not in our lifetime, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> it, it, it is that is exactly what it is. Not to be all love island on everyone, but what is just is. It is. And uh, Thing is, they the say truth is there's nothing the you can do about it. Yeah, there's such a deeper meaning to it is what it is when, you're, yeah. when you start to really think about it. Be there all day. A hundred percent talking about that in that Winnie the Pooh book that I just read. Winnie mm-hmm. the Pooh just is him. He doesn't worry about anything. You ask him what he thinks about something. He goes, I don't. It is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what do you think about uh, politics? I don't actually That's... think about it. Yeah. And he's really brought himself to that absolute present where there's nothing. Yeah. There's that absolute nothingness, which. Yeah. Yeah. I can and then pe- some people are scared of that. Some people are scared of that like the whole sort of being present and, and not worrying about the future. Like, how can you not worry about that? I'm very relaxed about a lot of things, very anxious about some others, but my future and like how I'll be people, are like, how are you going to manage this stuff? I'm like, it'll be all right. Like, don't, yeah, you don't worry about me. Like, yeah, that's the thing. And uh, other people will always put that impression on you because that's how they live their own life. You know, they're, they're there worrying about their own shit and then you're trying to do something which maybe sound, something that they never do so naturally yeah. they're going to be pessimists about it and what is it they say in the next book that we're going to be talking about is when someone is like looking down on your life or like trying to comment on your life all they're essentially doing is saying look at me my shackles of society are bigger than yours and that comes from which book oh, Lewis? the code of extraordinary mind we oh, nailed that son yes that's <laughs> an alley-oop like <laughs> Jordan and Kobe, did they ever play on the same team? I, don't I hope so, for that reference. Nah, so. I don't think they did, but it doesn't no, matter. Rest in peace, Kobe. Love, love MJ. <laughs> He's someone who's the pinnacle of changing his whole feeling state into just being an absolute hound. Like, yeah. He didn't even have to consciously think about it. It was just there, bam. Yeah. If anything, he had to do the opposite to try and humble himself as he got older yeah. by the sounds of it. Try and turn himself down. Yeah. But you, the code of the extraordinary mind, how, how far into it? Have you finished it yet? I've not finished it. I've just got to the part. It's quite weird of the of the goal setting bit. Yep. So, 
this is this is pretty strange. So I'm currently reading uh, Tim Ferriss' Four Hour Work Week off the back of yourself and James having a chat yeah, about nice. it because he's someone obviously in my industry and he was a PT and he sort of has a similar sporting background for so for him to say you know it changed his life I was like take his word for that yeah definitely. so I started to I was I sort of again well with my books I imagine them as conversations so I'm, I'm more than comfortable reading more books at once so mm-hmm. I can go from one and have a conversation with someone else and remember it it'd be like me and I you having that. a conversation then you go in and meeting your mate later and only being able to remember what I said, looking at your mate, you just, you wouldn't think that <laughs> you would be yeah. able to have a separate conversation with your friend. Cause some yeah. people are like, Oh, how can you read multiple books at once? I'd be so jumbled up. But that's yeah. how I see, it. I see him as characters. If I'm reading Tim Ferriss, I'm then not going to be like, Oh, what? Okay. Did Darren Brown tell me that earlier? I can't remember. So that's how I'm able. So anyway, I was on, I was on Tim Ferriss and he, he goes into his goal setting bit where yeah. he breaks down like, um, Imagine your ideal life, how much does it cost and how much does it cost per day? And I like left it there because I, I've always set goals and I'm at a place where I need to set some new ones. So again, I'm like, yeah. this is so weird because I've been, this has been something I've been needing to do for about a month now and I've been putting it off. So I was like, there's my sign. Right, there yeah. we go. Put that to one side. Universe served that up for you. It goes, Louis, set some goals, will you? And then I go on to, um, and then I'm listening to Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Next chapter, goal setting. Fuck, fuck say what's going on here yeah so i've just got to that bit which has been amazing to have those two perspectives on it at the same time yeah but i'm on that part of the code of extraordinary bit and of sort of touching on the shackles which you just mentioned then yeah and what are what are the shackles basically so social constructs bro yes so everything that you think you should be doing or shouldn't be doing is the product of what you've been taught yeah. and who's to say that that is necessarily the correct thing for you to do. Obviously there's some obvious ones which you should not do. Um, But in terms of how he phrases it, he calls it the culture scape. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this makes so so much more sense to me now because he's put, is it like 20 words he's created? Uh, Back of this book, he said it's like 20, 20 new words have gone into the, into the English dictionary. Just like unfuckwithable. Brawls, culture scape. Yeah, he's, he's he's a smart guy, isn't he, old Vashen? Yeah, mate. And the the bit that stood out for me was the brawls. So what what is a brawl? Yeah. So the bullshit rules. Yes. So bullshit rules, which have just been created, which you feel that you should live by. He uses obviously his religion as one, doesn't he? Yeah. And like he he basically merges all of his own ideas of what he thinks life should be about. And creates mm. his own rules basically off the back of him, doesn't he? Yeah. Which I really enjoyed about that. And then culture scape being the biggest one. Yeah. People um when it when it comes to culture scape, that can that can be anything. And and the ideas and, and the values and, and most of the systems in which we live by, people don't realise that it was actually someone probably no smarter than them that thought that up hundreds of years ago. And it was a moderately good idea at the time. So people are like, Yeah, we'll attach ourselves to that. And it's just lasted hundreds and hundreds of years. And we we can see this now with like outdated um, sort of patterns of thought, people like homophobes, racists, loads of people that just like, they're just stuck in the dark age. Like that, that was okay at a certain point, not morally, but at the time the general consensus was that that was okay. Nowadays, people have grown up a bit. People are like, you know what? That is a terrible way to live. Like how can you be so like, uncompassionate incompassionate i don't know the word for it but the opposite of compassionate and um like we're fighting against the brawls and it's not just those kind of brawls like and and sort of lines of thoughts that we can fight against if you don't really agree with something like it's worth trying to go against it like i don't ever want to work for someone ever again because i don't feel like i have to that's a massive so brawl. That is a massive brawl. That's yeah, yeah. what it talks about. Yeah. People like like people always say to me, like, Oh Ed, why do you do this for my C V? I'm like, My C V for who? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly that. I don't need a CV because I'm not going to work for someone. And if I do, it's not gonna be for a long time. Like it'll yeah. be serving myself in a way to set me up for something else. Definitely. And I think that it's an, it's a he's so intelligent with the fact that because he's, he's created words for things and I've never come across that before. Where I've learned a new word because the whole culture scape thing for me was like, 
with my training and with my business, I always felt like I was in a place where I was sort of detached from the norm society yeah. where things were sort of going on. And I was like, Oh, it's called a, it's a culture scape. Yeah. So if you live in a culture scape where you can stereotypically put down a typical person and what they would do with their life, yeah. they go to work, they go home, they get on the sesh, repeat. Yeah. That is a, that is a culture scape. Okay. So that is what the yeah. norm is within a culture. Yeah. And so when you, when you then begin to do something different, you're escaping the culture scape. And that's, yeah. I was like, this makes, I've now got a, a word for what's going on. And yeah. then the idea being that he sort of sees it as like, a, there's a big circle, which is the culture scape. You're all in it to begin with. And then when you know that you're in one, you then draw a circle around you because you know you're in it. Yeah. And he said over time with the message or whatever it is that you do, you will then begin to create your own one. And I think that's obviously yeah. in a good way, what's happening now with all the movements, et cetera, is yeah. there is the creation of a new culture scape and what's going yeah. on. And, um, there's uh, an interesting guy that I'm going to have on the podcast soon, Stuart Knights. Um, and he always sends me the deepest questions. And he was like, does culture impact society or society impact culture? I'm like, oh, mate, it's like nine in the morning. My brain really hurts. But God, what mate, yeah, he's uh, he's got some good questions in there. But that was I was like, well, you've asked me that. Read Code of the Extraordinary Mind because like, does society impact culture or does culture impact society? And I think for, for the important things, society is going to impact culture nowadays. Whereas before society just sort of went along with what culture was from yeah. a society before them. And it gets a little bit culture, society, culture, society, and you chuck those words about all the time. But yeah. um, I think if people open their eyes up a little bit more in terms of what is actually an objective truth to a subjective truth, mm-hmm the world would move on in leaps and bounds yep and you i think you have you go through that phase of actually unlearning everything that you've learned and he goes on into the book and he sort of goes in to say like you don't you won't necessarily know what has been pressed upon you until mm. you start searching for it so in terms yeah. of that phrase waking up it's gathering it's, it's gathering awareness of thinking yeah oh, so i thought i should work until retirement and then die because I was taught that I was taught yeah. that, you know, that's, and then he, he says, that's where he sort of touched on the power of traveling because you understand different ideologies of, of life. Yeah. But I think because we have the access to obviously like so much reading now, you can soon grasp like the power of now you can guarantee that their idea of life is not working, getting on the sash and then having a pension and yeah. then dropping off, you know, yeah. so you, you can, you can start to see different ideologies of culture scape and more importantly, when he talks about setting goals, he's like, are you setting goals based on what you think? Or are you setting goals based on what you've been taught and you think yeah. is what you want? And uh, yeah. that was, uh, that was obviously where I'm at now with it, which is yeah. very useful to be fair. Yeah. It's nice. Cause everyone, everyone has their different goals. Like people, some people, they want to get a house. They want to get, they, they want to settle down. They want to do that because that's, that's their, that's their truth in what they want in life. Whereas like me, I'm like, is that their oh, truth? Save, save for a house. I'm like, well, how is the hell am I going to? Well, it's not theirs, is it? They, that's their parents. Yeah, it's very the true. Biggest, the biggest burden a human can carry is the unlived life of their parents. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Forget the other one. That's a sound bite. <laughs> so like... Say it again. I can't. I'm leaving it there. <laughs> okay. So, the, big, the biggest burden a human can live is the unlived lives of their parents. So the whole get married, be happy, you know, you're going to have this because I never had this. It's all based on what your parents didn't have or yeah. what they were taught from their parents. So the whole, and he talks about his goal setting. So like your goal shouldn't end with the word. So at the end, I, so I can, or so I will be. Yes. Right. So I'm going to save 20 bags so I can get a mortgage. So I will be happy. Yeah. etc he said if you're doing that you're never gonna you're never gonna make it you're never gonna get yeah. that it should be something like i want to live in a mortgage-free home or i want to be able to travel freely and stuff yeah. like he talks about more like the experience of what you want to have yeah as opposed to the construct of what you think you want but actually when you get there you realize it's something else i've got my house yeah. now 
but I'll have a kid so I can be happy. Got a kid now. Right. So I'm going to go on holiday. So I'll be happy from getting away from the kid. And it just yeah. goes, on, it goes on and on. Yeah. I think it's, it's crazy. The whole thing about goals. Cause I never used to write down goals and I hadn't actually verbalized the goal for maybe about five or six years before this year. And I think like from reading books like atomic habits and, and stuff, they talk about goal setting and it used to make me really anxious because I used to attach when I thought about a goal, I'd be like, I need to do this so I can be happy. Whereas this year, my goals were quite literally, I think it was speak conversational Spanish, Spanish, yeah. spinach, Spanish, um, and me no hablo espanol, apparently. <laughs> um, a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. I haven't been able to train for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable not attaining these goals. It's about being the person behind them. Yeah, One yeah. of the goals was read 24 books. I'm on like 34 now. We're in See like later. end of June. See you later. That was easy. And, and I just broke it down real small. I was like 15 minutes a day. And it wasn't so I could be more something or so yeah. I could be more or so I could start a podcast. Yeah. Starting the podcast came from a goal that was just a, a goal without process. attachment to anything. And it's the process. You fall in love with the process. Yeah. yeah. Never work in any life. I don't Pretty get fair. paid for this, but so I'm not working a day, but that will we'll happen. We'll get there. This is the thing that I was, uh, in terms of my, what I get up to of my training and stuff, and what i try and say to like the clients and things is yeah it's exactly that like you shouldn't have the end goal in mind it's that you live in the bit between where you are now and where the goal is but yeah. a real a real easy way if you're someone who's very driven and sort of in the mindset of i'll be happy when i get to this bit and then when you get to that bit you realize that you're only happy when you get to the next bit a real quick exercise to do to bring yourself back to the present and actually be happy is to reflect and look back on it so like mm-hmm. i was someone who was very caught up in like no matter how whatever level i got to whether it was physically whether it was financially whatever it was i was always looking for that next bit i was always wanting i was never content and yeah. it was only when i started to read this and this that and the other if I actually take a moment and think, where was I six months ago? Where was I a year ago? Where was I two and a half, three years ago when I was actually, you know, really sad and really down? Yeah. You, you automatically, instead of going from where you are now to where you think you're going to be, you're going actually from here to here. And you're like, oh shit, I'm well happy with that. That's ledge. Yeah. It's a real yeah, simple like exercise that. to do. You go, oh, okay. Just reverse your timeline and go, God, a year ago I was on my ass. And now I'm here doing this. Oh, that's and then, and then you're like, yeah. okay, so, and that's what he talks about in the code of the extraordinary mind is like, he asks you four que- questions about your, your present about, yeah. are you, are you excited to work? What do you think about your job and all present stuff? And then he talks about optimism for the future. Yeah. And he's like, not many people are happy with both. They're either super optimistic, but hate what they're doing right now yeah. or all the, the other way around. They're content with where they are, but they've got no vision. Yeah. Their life vision, isn't it? That's, that's what he says. Um, what's oh no it's gone out of my brain so much information on this to be fair this is the thing we're all human just let you know everyone i'm a human being i'm I'm, i can't remember everything so get off my back i do this every podcast you should expect it by now if you're still listening it's your fault (laughs) okay no please do listen please please do listen and also go back to all of the other episodes and listen through to them um but yeah i i i love the whole um, I like I like chats with friends about books. Straight that's up. that's something that like I feel our conversations compared to what we had y- years ago, years ago. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing at the conversations. Yeah, like it's such a contrast in it, and it's a deeper, more meaningful conversation. And it's discussing ideas and things. And they and they say like small-minded people discuss people. Uh, yep, and that was us. People with open minds discuss things and ideas and concepts yeah. and philosophy and that's what i like about it and that is why not speaking to you louis just speaking to the listeners here pick up books that you didn't think you'd be interested in and force a couple chapters down you might just find an ear that a, a, like a an idea that you want to attach to yeah. and that kind of conversation you might open that up people might ask what you've read you tell them and they've read something similar and guess what your vibe attracts your tribe you've got all these new people in your life to have these lovely conversations with yeah which compounded will only equal more happiness or more productivity more Mm -hmm. wealth whatever it is you decide 
to go on. The way yeah. I look at the way I look at books and something where I'm diving into the complete unknown is when you're in a foreign country, you look at the menu, you think, oh, no fucking idea what any of this means. Yeah. But if there's one thing that there is a fact to one person in the world, that is their favorite thing to eat. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a go because if it's someone else's favorite thing ever, it might just be mine. That's how I sort of see it with books because that yeah. book is probably, that one book on that shelf, which I don't have a clue what it's about. Yeah. It's going to be someone's favorite book and change their life. And Very like true. you said at the start, everyone is just humans and everyone is people. So yeah, that was, that's how I sort of approach books. I've never thought I would ever read in my life, like in terms of yeah. spirituality and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like it was, that was a field I'd never even considered. Like I said, with books at the start, I used to just laugh them off. So yeah. to go into the world of spirituality is almost like another level of that. Yeah. It's different level. And I'm sure there's going to be other sort of rabbit holes that you go down with books and stuff like that. But I think that's a, quite a nice note to end on it just conscious of time here but i just want to give you the floor for a moment louis so you've you've got the floor i can't i can't explain what you do better than you do what i do so what do you do what i do so i um i'm an online coach who is primarily health and fitness based um but i'm also in the process of getting my life coach certification my mission is basically just to get people happy um, and sort of my philosophy on doing that is through self-development uh, and yeah. fitness. But that being said, I'm always a DM away, zero charge whatsoever. So if anyone wants any recommendations or if they got any more sort of fitness advice and things like that, I do yeah. regular Q and A's and things. So just feel free to drop yeah. me a message on Instagram, Louis Blackmore, L E W Y Blackmore. Thanks. Blackmore, Thanks, which I, w- I will put the Instagram in the description of this episode. Um, Louis actually got an education suite and he encourages people to read on that. It's like a closed Facebook group. I, something if, you, if you're interested in potentially getting onto that, there's a lot of health and fitness education in there, a lot of books Louis puts in there and he encourages building the habit of reading as well, which I really love. Um, so I'm going to stop recording just now, but all of Louis' information will be in the description of this episode and um anything you got to say for the uh listeners there lou just before i get rid of you nothing to say thanks very much perfect well thank you very much for listening everyone i hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as i did any of those books if you do want to buy them um, i'm going to chuck them down in the link below um full disclosure i get about three percent of that so if you want to pay um about three percent of my next book buy one of those books through that link um or just buy it wherever you want it really doesn't bother me um but yeah if you want to support the podcast use the links right final thing please do review the podcast if you're new here follow subscribe like find us on instagram it's at need to read i got email lists i got book clubs i got the lot and you'll find that in the description take it easy